Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Celtic Down Under Podcast. I'm your host, Jared, and joining me tonight, I have Del O'Reilly, who runs the Celtic Supporters Podcast. So this is one of our episodes for our Tim Talks series. We haven't done one in a while. We want to bring them back. So first of all, anyone out there wants to get involved, please send us a DM on Twitter at Celtic Down or send an email through to admin at CelticDownUnder.com. Um, other than that, Welcome along, Dell. It's good to have a chat with you. We've been talking about doing this for a while, so it's good to finally have it happen. Yes, mate. A privilege to be on, mate. We have been speaking about it for, for a few months, so look, looking forward to the chat, mate. Looking forward to it. So you want to give us a bit of a, a bit of a rundown on your podcast? Yeah, mate. Can I, tell us more about I, it. Can I started it, like probably most folk, um, during the lockdown, um, just as a hobby, probably the same as yourself, mate. I, I, I can talk about Celtic for, for morning to night. So I just started it speaking to guys for, for local Celtic supporters clubs and, and their stories about following Celtic for they were kids up to taking a now. So it, it's great, it's great arms and legs a wee bit. It, it's still just a hobby for myself. Um, got a full-time job and, and kids and stuff like that. So it, it's something I, I, I could talk about all day is, is Celtic and speaking to a, a wide range of fans and, and getting their stories is, is something that really interests me. So I, I'm loving it, mate, and getting to speak to guys like yourself eh, for the other end of the world. It's, it, it's amazing Meet, meeting new friends. And I, I'm, re- I'm really, really, really enjoying it, mate. 
That's good to hear. It's the the fun part of a podcast. Look, I was on a previous one, the old Ossalts podcast, and then that ended up. So I started my own one, Celtic Down Under, and yeah, it's been it's been great. Like just the Celtic family doesn't disappoint. Like there's so many different people out there that are, you know, happy to have a chat, and they've got they've got some good stories for you. And yeah, it's just it's unbelievable. Like everyone's different, and that's what I love about these Tim Talk ones because we've got a, we've got the standard questions that I like to run through, but as we say, we always tend to golf on tangents and, um, you know, dig down a little bit on a few things that you say there. So I think we'll start it off with the first usual question. How did you become a Celtic fan? Uh, I, or did you not have a choice? No, no no choice. Me, I, I, I think when my, probably when my, my mother found out she was pregnant, I was a Celtic fan. Um I've got I've got a massive family. My my mother and father have got a lot of siblings, so my my full family's Celtic. So that what you said, it wasn't a choice. I was born a Celtic fan, so um I all my cousins, uncles, aunties, everybody in my, my extended family are Celtic, so no choice there, mate. It was born born and bred green and white, mate. Nothing wrong with that. Could be a lot worse if you were, you know, blue nose. So um yeah, you won the lottery there, mate. Yes. Yeah, so um just question for you. This is, might be a little bit odd then because you got your family involved and everything, and this is a question without notice. How old would you have been when you went to your first game if you've grown up around the family and when you got your first Celtic kit, like do you remember getting them or did it just happen or what was it like being I, in, the, I, in it from birth? I remember I remember my first kit. Um it was a green a green away strip. I think it was 19, 1986, possibly. And that was round about the time I went to my first game as well. Um my, my dad my dad was heavily involved in, in amateur football um when I was young, so my kind of younger years was was following my dad about the local local amateur pitches in Scotland. So my first game that I can remember was nine ninety three, um, in the old jungle. I, th- I think it was possibly Sheffield Wednesday in a in a pre season friendly. Um, that's that's my kind of earliest memories. I, I do I do remember the of the kind of centenary year and stuff like that, but. I was it was early nineties before I before I actually started going to the games. Uh, we'll um we'll talk about your favorite games and stuff like that later on in the podcast. But yeah, I just thought, you know what? Someone who's born into it, I'm sure they can have a lot different view to some of the other guys. Like I've spoken to people and you know, they, they didn't go to a game till they were mid teens. So yeah, if you're going if you're going in like ninety three, getting in the jungle, mate. I wish I was privileged enough to go to the, go to a game in the jungle. Heard so much about it over the years on these podcasts, and yeah, like don't get me wrong, the Green Brigade, what they do, it's it's all well and good, but apparently the jungle was a whole nother level from what I've heard. Yeah, my my memories are are very very vivid for that time. I, I was born in '82, so I can't remember going with my dad and my uncle and, and cousins and stuff like that, but. Not not very clear. Most of my memories are kind of 
can in my teens and um obviously the 90s same yeah. same year of birth as me mate so i know what you're talking about for me it was we'd watch the games in the 90s we'd go to the supporters club someone had record all the games mail them over and we'd watch them a month later you had two options you either watch them that way or you'd get british football week magazine when that's that come out here and that's how you'd get your results two weeks oh, after the game but before that it was now nah, you just had to sit there and wait till a month and then you go in on the saturday watch two games go in on the sunday watch two or three games go home and that was like a weekend every month so that was for us over here so you're a very privileged man to have been able to go way back when you're a kid all you guys over there you don't know how lucky you've got it i'm jealous yeah, of yeah that's it. I, I think I think I think the youth of the day don't don't know how lucky we've got it. I, I, I certainly feel feel privileged to have to have been to the old parkhead and, and, and be a season ticket holder with my kids just now. So yeah, mate, I, I certainly do know how, how lucky I've got it. I know there's a lot of a, a lot of the young the young team out there that are very, very spoiled nowadays with, with the recent success. So I feel very, very lucky and privileged to have to have been to the games for, for so long, mate. It's not just that though, as well. For me, I look at it and go, where as a supporter over here, if I want to watch the games, it's so much easier. Like I don't have to sit around and wait and watch games that are a month old and think that they that they're new and happening at that point in time and not knowing what what the league is. Because back then, nineties, no internet. The games in the Scottish League weren't covered in the paper out here. So now I got the internet. I can go on Celtic TV, illegal stream, CSC if I need to go find something on there. Watch a game. I can go into my lounge room. Smart TVs. You don't even have to use your computer. It's just perfect. Like it's so much easier. But yeah, it's um. I think what we used to go through back in the back in the day to watch the watch the boys. Yeah, certainly, mate. It's a changed world, isn't it? It's, it's so easy to watch anything now. Just a quick one, mate. How, what, what's, what's your background then for supporting Celtic all, all, all the years back? Family, just like you. Family as well. I've got I've got a bunch of family out Dundee, Aberdeen, up on the up on the east coast in Scotland. Then the other half of my family are down Cork, Tipperary area, and in Ireland. So I had a lot of family over there. So. Pretty much born into it as well, even though I'm over here. Good, mate. Good, good to hear. Yeah. So what we'll do is we'll jump on to our next question. So what's your take, Dale, on the current club structure? Do you think we need there's any changes that are needed? Like, do we need a director of football like the talk was in the preseason? Or do you think Andrew's doing a great job as a manager and should be left alone? What are you thinking at the moment? <sighs> Me, um, I'm in, I'm in such a high as as a Celtic fan now. Um, obviously the the debacle last year we we missed Howe and, and, and Lennon being sacked and, and losing the ten was was a tough tough time. And ignorantly, I never I never knew who Ange was before he came in. So I'm I'm absolutely delighted where where the club is at the moment. Um, touching on the director of football stuff, I don't I don't think we need one, mate. I don't think. As, as a club and the, the way Ange seems to be it um, seems to have now total control over, over the football club over the signings that are coming in um, I heard the other day obviously with, with the McGree signing he was he was heavily involved um, in, in speaking to him and, and pushing it over the line so 
you know, for me, the big man is doing a, a fantastic job, mate. So let him go on with it. Let him keep control of the signings. It's his team. Um, he's got a trophy in the bag already. I, th- I think we're I think we're going to push on and win the league, mate. So I don't I don't see us needing many, if any, changes at all at the moment. I'm, I'm I'm very very happy where we are as a club at the moment, mate. It's funny you say that because it's like Ange. It's from my hometown over here. I've been watching his team since '96. When he was at South Melbourne. He managed my actual local team for a year, Melbourne Victory. So I've seen him do these rebuilds at club upon club upon club. He did it at South Melbourne. He did it at Brisbane. He did it at Victory. He apparently did it in Japan. He did it with the Australian national team. Now he's doing it at my club again, but my main club, the one I've followed my whole life. It's unbelievable to see. I knew he'd – like you'd know he'd have the – having seen him for years, like – it was funny to see like people like yourself not knowing what he was like, and I'm just sitting there going, "Oh, your your world's about to be blown." And to <laughs> see people, and then to see people there just walking around, going like, like I was talking to um Tony Haggerty from Axon the other day, and he was saying to me that, yeah, he um Andrews basically made him fall back in love with Celtic again after last year. Yes, and mate. I couldn't sum it yeah. up any better. Like that's the perfect summary. Yeah, so hundred percent, mate. hundred percent. I think I think the full the full change in the club is obviously the club are massively, massively against what was happening, not just in the park last year, but the boardroom and I I've never I've not felt a such an affinity to the club and the, the, the closeness in the squad as well is, is massive. Um even looking back to probably I would go back as far as the Mark McNeil side, um, how close the squad looked and the way the way they, the way they were with the fans and that that's what Andrew's brought back. Um, obviously, you see it after after the game with the players going round the park and get into the get into the fans and giving their tops in and they look as if they're they're, they're all together as one. They're, they look as if they're close friends on the park as well, which is which is massive um, and, and they've, not, they've not seen it for a long time so I I, I totally agree with what Tony's saying mate he's, he, he's certainly made me fall more in love with the club in the last the last six or seven months as well What's well, funny with Ange it's always like coming from Australian sport we've always got these few key pointers that you talk about all the, the good teams in the local domestic comps whether it's AFL or A-League or whatever or Rugby League they have a thing called the no dickheads policy. <laughs> if you're yeah. an absolute idiot, there's no place for you. Get out. So that's why as soon as Lee Griffith's situation happened in the preseason, I'm like, yeah, he'll be out the door in two seconds. Like, gone. Had to happen. So that sort of thing, it's good for a club culture and it builds togetherness. And then if you go back to what Brendan Rogers said, it's the holy trinity. It's the club it's like the players, the fans, the board. Last year, the issue was all three of them weren't weren't pulling in the same direction. Oh. So it's good to see. At early in the season, I thought it was just okay. The fans and the and the players were together, but I'll give credit where it's due. Michael Nicholson, he's been a breath of fresh air. We haven't heard boo from him. He's just got on, done the job, 
and I will give credit where it is due. I bag out the board something chronic on this podcast if they have to do it, but at the same time, the board look like they're pulling their weight now as well, so that's good to see. As mate, as and as you say, you, you would rather not hear for them. So, Mister Nicholson, he, he's done a great job. Obviously, we've we've signed five players in the last the last week. We're only what two weeks into January, which is absolutely unheard of for Celtic Football Club, um, especially in the summer. But. I, it's been a fantastic, uh, a fantastic January window. Um, I'm expecting another one or two in, hopefully a good half a dozen out as well, mate. But I, the, the the club as a whole seems seems to be, as you say, we're 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 in sync at the moment, mate, and everybody's singing off the the same hymn sheet. So what long may it continue? Well, you could have made a a perfect, you know, dad joke there. You said we're in sync. You could have made a boy band joke, and it would have been even funnier. Ah, oh, missed that one, mate. Missed that. Oh, shocking! Through the keeper, we'll let it happen. All right. So you were talking about a couple more in. So how do you we'll talk about recruitment and where we're at at the moment? So how do you think our recruitment has been over the last twelve to eighteen months? Let's talk about Lenny's last season first of all, into this season so far which is where the 18 months come from. And then which current players at the club do you think will be moving on in the next, whether this window or end of the season? Um, I, I think going back to, back to Lenny, um, I, I don't know who was, who was signing off guys like Barkas and Ajeti and um, John Joe Kenny and guys like that coming in who just, just yes, never worked. He's a driveway. I know. Um, Obviously, big big Duffy as well. Um, never worked too well, but I, I think when you look at Duffy's signing and the passing his father and the, the lockdown and living in a hotel in Scotland, I, I think the big man get got a, a, a bit of a rough ride for the Celtic fans, albeit his performances weren't up to much. But when you look at what was, was actually going on in his life, then aye, he's proven it in the Premiership, what a good player he is in, in Ireland as well. So... Aye, the, the, the Barkas and Ajeti one certainly not worked out, but um, Kyogo coming in. Um, obviously, we've not seen the, the, the three new Japanese signings, so hopefully get to see them on Monday back at Paradise. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't know what the, the, the scouting system was under Lennon. I, I think that's something Celtic have been lacking, um, probably going back to... To, to John Park, who, who was probably probably the best scout we had and bringing through youth and that. But guys like Laxal and, and Ajeti and Barkas and that coming in was it's a lot of money, a lot of money spent, big big transfer fees and they've just not cut the mustard. But of course thing both, with that we'll just jump in quickly. The funny thing with those guys that you just mentioned was they came in from a higher standard apparently, inverted commas. And, but the thing is, he comes in, say, a Yeti, when he come in, he did well early on, five goals in his first six games, then nothing. And then you look at Duffy, he scored in back-to-back games when he started, and then he slowly got worse. You look at Barkas, he's got cabbages for hands. That's a joke we've got on our podcast. Couldn't catch a cold in a snowstorm, but, like, he's the sort where... You know, he was 
I actually think he was okay in his first few games, and then he just got real bad real quick. Once he made his first mistake, head dropped all over. And then you look at guys like Laxalt. He was on fire for his first three or four games. By the end of the yeah. season, he'd come down a level. John Joe Kenny just didn't have any levels to go up. He was just rubbish the whole way through. But you look at those <clears throat> first few that I rattled off there, they're all at a higher level of performance, and then they just dropped off. So I think they came down to the standard that was in the squad last season. Because you can, yeah. as you said, look at Duffy this season up and about playing. Laxalt's doing well in Russia from what I've seen. So, yeah, that's where I think the other two, that you know, Ayeti and um, and Barkas, they're still with us and they're doing nothing. So hopefully we can get some money back for them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I think they need to go. And touching on the the ins and outs, I think I think we maybe need to look at maybe maybe putting young Montgomery out in loan. Um, I think Welsh needs to stay. Um, I think he's had a bit of a, a, bit of a rough ride with Starfelt for me, who's, who's not set the heather in fire. Um, I'm, a, I'm a massive fan of Stephen Welsh. Um, his, his aerial ability, his, his passion, obviously. He's, he's a Celtic boy and he's come through the academy and we, we want to see them do well. So um, I think looking at the squad now, from top to bottom, First team players, it's it's unbelievable that the amount of players we've got. So, I think we we need to be looking at shifting at least half a dozen, mate. Um, Ajeti, Barkas, people maybe disagree with this one, but James McCarthy as well. Um, if if a championship club in England or something came in, I, I would happily see him out the door. Um, very very disappointed that it's not worked out for the boy. Um. I'm a, I'm a massive Everton fan as well, from Scouse family, so I had high hopes for him coming in, but it's not worked out, mate. It's not, it's not an Ange signing either. Certainly not an Ange signing. But, um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm very happy with the, with the way the squad looks, mate, but we need yeah, to be sh- shifting some guys out uh, pronto. A Jetty and Barkas, and that'll be on big wages, so it's... It's look, it's looking to the summer as well, mate. If we can get rid of these guys, then obviously Angie's pot will grow for for the for the summer window coming in, and hopefully can stay into the Champions League group. Yeah, agree with you one hundred percent. For me, I thought the the thing we needed to do going into this window is we needed to strengthen so that we had two players for every position. Yeah, I think we're pretty much there. There's only with Julian coming back. I think we're okay at centre back now as long as we don't sell Welsh. If we sell Welsh, like a bunch of idiots, we need another centre-back. Yeah. So that position's fine. The only two positions for me is if Joe Hart gets hurt or sick or whatever in this current environment, the, our backups goalkeeper are pretty rubbish. Like you either have to play Barkas, but we've got to sell him, move him on, and Bain. I'm not never been a massive fan of Bain. So for me, do we do we give Connor Hazard the, sec, the number two role there as a backup? Or do we bring the young kid up from the Colts who's been doing really well and make him the backup? Or do we look to get someone else in? Who knows? So I think the goalkeeper position is a potential issue in terms of if Joe Hart was to get hurt or get sick with COVID at the moment, the way the environment is, we're, we're weak there. The other position that we still need to strengthen, in my opinion, However, this may be offset if we're going to play Jota out right and put Maeda out left instead of playing him as a striker. If Maeda's a striker, then we need a right winger. If 
Maeda's going to play on the left. We can put Jota out right. Then we're okay. So they're the only two positions for me, the right wing and goalkeeper, that I reckon we probably could strengthen further. But then, as you said, we've got to move on guys like Bolongoli's got to go. Monty yeah. should go on loan. Mikey Johnson should go out on loan. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd love to see what's the young centre-back who played against Dane Mitchell? Dane Murray. Dane Murray. Put him on loan in the top flight as well. Put your Giddy out on loan. If you get those guys out on loan in the Scottish top flight, they can help strengthen our, our positions. They're not going to play against us, but they could help take points off other teams. So yeah. that would help us on that regard, and it would help their development in the league that they're playing because if you go and play at Aberdeen on a Tuesday, Wednesday night, and you can see how cold it is, and you know that, it's going to help you for when you're back at Celtic. Going and playing down at Scunthorpe or going and playing down at Tranmere or whatever, that's not going to help you with that situation, is it? Yeah, I think I think possibly the the only one that would kind of disagree was obviously McGregor went down south and, and, and look how he's turned it. But ah, uh, you look at um, we signed Ryan Christie, the wee skinny guy that there's the Aberdeen probably, diet. Yeah, yeah, and eat, sleep, and he, breathe steaks and football. And he he came back. He got he got the chance against Hearts at Murrayfield, scored that goal and. And kicked on, so I, I I would like to see the young guys get out um, and loan in Scotland. My, my only kind of the only thing that kind of holds me back on that is obviously the, the games that they can't play against us. Um, possibly somebody then comes in and has a good game, and then then they're sat on a bench for for a few games. That's that's the only way I'm I'm kind of kind of against it. Um, I don't know if these guys are good enough to go to a championship in South, but listen, League League One down in England is a possibility for these young boys to go and, and, and show what they can do, but there's certainly a lot of boys there that would 100% benefit playing playing week in, week out, and hopefully it benefits the club when they come back with the likes of Cal Mack and, and Christy are uh, very good examples of that. Yeah, and even uh, Chris Iyer, his half season at Kilmarnock as well. Like yeah. that was that was another one there that was a good move for us. So, yeah, I think other than those guys on loan, I'm looking at the only two, three that should probably go out permanently at the moment, unless an offer comes in for McCarthy, as you've said. A Yeti needs to go, Bolongoli needs to go, and Barkas needs to go. So that's thirteen yeah. and a half million worth of transfer fees in on those three players that we spent that now we need to try and recoup something and get them off the wage bill. So then it frees it up for Ange come January, uh, not yeah. January, come June, July next year. Yeah, so, man. yeah, it'll be interesting, but yeah, we'll talk about this more as well. Cause um, we'll talk about this more a bit later on when we record our actual live weekly podcast, this is going to come out on Sunday so what's the date on Sunday? The nineteenth? Not not the nineteenth. I don't even know what the date is. But the army actually. The sixteenth. So this will come out on the sixteenth. This episode, but we're recording it on the twelfth, so everyone knows. So we're going to have an our regular podcast. Dale's going to be on for that as well. But what we'll do now, Dale, we'll just a bit. So we're going to your time supporting Celtic. So. Yep. I've got a few little questions to finish off on the uh, uh, on podcast. So, who would be your all-time favourite Celtic player 
other than Henrik Larsson and why? Even even though you sent me these questions, it's it, it's a hard one. Um, I, I was a defender growing up, so I, I can always like my full-back, centre-half, kind of defensive midfielders. Um, Martin O'Neill's sides are always, always kind of my go-to team. Um, Martin O'Neill's era and the, the first couple of years under Brendan's probably been my favourite time as a Celtic fan, but... Um, Oh, without Larson. Um, I thought when you started talking about defenders, I was thinking he's gonna start chanting Bobo's gonna kill. Well, you. that that's that's the player. That's the player that's on the on the tip of my tongue, mate. Um, if I was going to name just one, I would. I would probably go with 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 Jackie Mack. I think. Nice. Um, it's a hard question to just to name one, but you I, feel I like love... you're cheating on the rest of your all these players who brought no, you so mate, much love over the years. Aye, so I love them, Big Bobo, Mialbe, Jackie Mack, and, and uh, Paul, Paul Lambert's one of my my, my favourite all time players. But I, I I think just Jackie, we, I was a fullback, so when I was growing up watching Celtic, Jackie was kind of one of my the first players I really, really loved and watched very closely because I played in the same position as him. So without without the king, I'll I'll I'll, I'll say Jackie Mack, mate. I'll go with Jackie Mack. Well, speaking of Jackie Mack, it was funny. If you go back to the start of the season when we're talking about director of football coming in, I was like, if I was going to bring someone in, the talk was either Kennedy up there or Sean Maloney comes in or whatever. I was like, no, nah. for me it was... Put Jackie Mack in that chair. Now he doesn't have to manage. His Good football shape, knowledge man. and everything would have been great. That's what I would have liked. And then Ange comes into the club and I'm like, yeah, we don't need that. Yeah, I, I definitely. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was what I thought. So I rate him very highly as well. So since you struggled to get Jackie Mack just then as your favourite player other than Larson, now we'll spread it out a bit. Who'd be your top five players that you've seen play for Celtic in your lifetime? I normally say make it a five aside, so you know, a defender, a striker, a couple of midfielders, and a goalkeeper. <coughs> or just throw any five out there that you want. Um Henrik's obviously um the best player I've seen probably. Um pro- probably the most skillful and gifted player I've seen in my time and been been very lucky to see week in, week out as 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 Lubimi Maravchik by by a distance, probably. Um, you're asking some tough ones here. Um, I, I, I really, I really liked McGeady. McGeady, McGeady excited me. Um, busting into the team, I think he made his debut at Tynecastle. Correct me if I'm wrong. I can't remember. I think he was 17. He made his debut at Tynecastle. So, uh, um, he, he really, really excited me. McGeady, watching him. Um, I loved watching him growing up as well, and I, I like I like my wingers at attack. So, um, Jota, Jota coming in has been a breath of fresh air. Probably, probably the most attacking winger we've had. Can can back to Aiden. Um, when you think about it, we've not really had a player like that for a long, long time. I'd have three attacking wingers that I can think of off the top of my head that I would agree with you. I would have gone Aiden, and the next most attacking 
in that time in the timeline, not in terms of it, would have been Paddy Roberts was very attacking. And then yeah. not the same level, but he was smart yeah. the way he'd always take guys on. And then you've got Jota. For me, those three would probably be our three most. And it would go Jota, Aiden, and then a massive drop off to Paddy, and then a massive drop off to whoever's in fourth. Yeah, you could probably throw you could probably throw Daddy Aga in the in the conversation. Um he, he's more of a he's more of a wing back, obviously, but a gap was a gap was phenomenal as well. But yeah. uh, I, I'm I'm struggling I'm struggling defender wise. Then just play handball. Don't put any defenders in there. Just I go all out of attack. I think I know I know I think I think obviously Virgil Van Dyke has to be in in the conversation at all times. Um, a raw twenty one year old coming in and. I said, if you know anything about football, you knew right away that that, that guy wasn't going to be at Celtic Park very long. So I, I think he needs to be in the conversation, but my, my loyalty lies with guys that were there a long time. So Big, big Bobo's going to be in there with Lubomir Moravchik, Henrik Larson, um, Paul Lambert. I don't, need, I don't need to have a goalkeeper in, surely, do I? No. You've got you've got quite enough guys there. You're Bobo or Virgil or whoever you're putting in, in the defence. Like you don't uh, need a goalkeeper. Aye, so Bobo, Lambert, Libamir Maravchik, Henrik Larson. Uh, and I'll go I'll go with KT. I'll go with Kieran Tierney just just because he's 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 from where I'm from. Um I'm I'm the founding member of the Kieran Tierney Celtic Supporters Club as well. So uh, I need I need I need to chuck the wee man in the five as well, mate. Fair enough. Nice lineup. Love that we've had a few on there that we haven't had on here before. Like I would have I don't think Lambert's been in there or whatever. So that's that's good now. Here comes a um what we talked about this earlier. What are some of the most memorable games that you've seen Celtic play in your lifetime and what's the most memorable thing about those games to you? Um, I, I, I've spoken about this before. I, I think my, my most memorable games, even though I've been going to watch Celtic for the kind of early 90s, my most memorable games have been, have been quite recent, to be honest with you, mate. Like, I've I've started taking my sons to the football, so that's it. It means it means a lot more to me now because I'm taking the boys there. But the game the game that sticks out massively that that always has was um, beating beating the Newco five 0 to win the league. Um, the 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 full, the full day was memorable, mate. It was it was a up at nine o'clock in the morning. Um, that, uh, we, we just started the Kieran Tierney Celtic Supporters Club the night before um, we, we had a charity race night to, to raise some funds for the club um, and it was we're playing Rangers tomorrow make sure a couple of pints up the road and be fresh which never happened so it, it was a late night it was up early in the morning um, crack, cracking a tinny open at 9 o'clock um, on the supporters bus and I was there with my sister and my brother-in-law and, and all my friends. So to to beat them at Paradise five 0 going on ten, we should have battered them by at least seven or eight that day easily. That that's the one that sticks out massively for me, mate, just because of the the, 
that the family thing that the bus just starting up and um, I that that full day mate for start to finish was was just a fantastic weekend mate for the Friday right right through to the Monday. That's all we like. That's why I asked that question because that I love hearing these more personal answers like that. Like the the stock standard, oh the five one game or you know the where Rogic scored for the invincible treble. Like that that's great. Like. For me, the Rogic Invincible Treble goal was probably my favourite one that I've been at over here at the CSC. But I love hearing these stories from people like yourself on here because it's just – that's the sort of thing I don't get that connection with the club in terms of the family and that because I'm, I'm so far removed on the other side of the world. But, yeah, it's just great to hear that though. Ah, it's, it's, it's fantastic, mate. If, if, getting back to when I was younger, I think – Going, going with the boys and all that and, and, and getting a beer and going to the supporters club and going to the bowling club and the oak and the turnstiles and all the pubs around about and leaving at half time and it was great times in the teens and starting the bus and that was, was fantastic mate but I think I, I certainly appreciate the game and the club a lot more now driving in with, with a clear head and, and watching the game with the kids and I I most recent most recent times mate it's been been thoroughly enjoyable mate especially taking the kids. That's good to hear. So last question for you. Other than Messi and Ronaldo, who would be the one player that you've seen play against Celtic in your lifetime and wish that we could sign them? Money and wages is irrelevant right now for this question. It's just pie in the sky. You, you, you're doing some sevconomics in terms of, you know, how much you can pay, EBT, <laughs> works, whatever. What is the one player? Easy, easy mate, for me, Ronaldinho. Easy. I don't, I don't even need to think about it. Um, he's, he's always been my favourite player. E- even if the question's asked with, with Messi and Ronaldo, involved in it, Ronaldinho, all day, every day of the week, mate. I think the guy's an absolute footballing genius. Um what he done with a with a football at his foot at his feet was was phenomenal. The goals he scored. Um I just actually watched a clip the other night the the kind of topo goal he scored against Chelsea in the semi final of the Champions League. Um aye Ronaldinho mate all day. And then you would have found him at the pubs just past the stadium just after the games as well. Perfect. Happy days. <laughs> Ripping it up. Uh, brilliant. So, um, yeah, I always find that a good question because for me, it's like that. my answer, anytime I'm on these pods and ask the question, it changes. There's like three or four plays and it just rotates for me. So today, my answer is one Raymond Raquelme. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, a player yeah. what a player mate yeah I was up it was one for me I just loved watching him play as well but yeah Ronaldinho class act are you sure we would have been able to buy him though because you know we would have been bidding against St Mirren uh, <laughs> yes, I say <laughs> I was came to Scotland so there you go <laughs> happy days so Dale will um I'll just get you to plug your podcast. Where can we find your podcast on YouTube, on Twitter, all that sort of stuff? Just give it all a bit of a shout out. Share your socials around and 
tell us about what you've got coming up on the channel. Uh, so my YouTube's just the, the Celtic Supporters Podcast. Um, I'm Del Boy O'Reilly on Facebook with an H. Um, my Twitter handle's at Celtic Podcast 67. So as I said earlier, mate, it was just an interview fans for, for all walks of life t- telling their, their Celtic story. That's kind of what I'm trying trying to push this year is, is my Celtic story on the podcast. Um, getting guys on to speak about what we spoke about earlier, um, their first games and, and growing up and their, their journey supporting the hoops. Uh, I've been speaking to ex-Celtic player Alan Thompson in the last few days. Um, I've got him coming on the podcast soon. Um, I've been in touch with Wee's author, uh, Jamie Boyle. Uh, you'll obviously know the, the book's just been released, a Geordie boy. So I'm just I'm just trying to tap into a, a bigger pond, mate, and, and get some bigger names on. Uh, as I say, it's it's just a hobby for me. and uh, I'm the same as you, mate. I, c- I could speak about Celtic all day, every day. So uh, if, if any fans that, that do watch this, Give give me a DM on on Twitter at Celtic Podcast sixty seven. I would I would love to get you on for a chat and tell tell me your story. I, I'm the same as you. I mean, I just I, I love I love hearing for guys and girls for different walks of life. Um, I've had a guy on for America. I've had Marie Claire on for um, Ireland as well. Um, I'm talking to yourself now in Australia, mate. So it's all it's all about tapping into the contacts, mate, and. Just, just messaging folk, mate, and annoying people, um, and eventually they'll they'll fucking speak to you. So, um, I, I'm I'm cer- I'm certainly no shy, mate. So, I've I've got a few big names in the pipeline. Um, so fingers crossed. Give give my channel a like and subscribe and hit the notifications and hopefully see some big names, mate, in the coming months in in 2022. Yeah, it sounds good. I'm looking forward to it and. Who knows? I might jump on for an episode one day too. There you go. 100%, mate. 100%. Return the favour. I'll come on my show. I'll jump on yours. Perfect. Happy days. So, everyone, thanks for uh, listening in. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Thanks, Del, for having a chat with us. Uh, While we're at it, make sure you subscribe to Del's podcast channel, our one on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter at Celtic Down. You'll find us on all of them. Other than that, hail, hail, and uh, I'm on the hoops. Legend, mate. Thank you very much. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.